Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. G'day, scholars, and welcome to the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast. It's what the nerds are watching. I'm your host, Dom Philp, on the mic. Not too hard, not too soft, but just right. We are coming to you every single Friday on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts from. Best way that you can support is to rate, review, subscribe, the holy tricolon. Why don't you tweet this out if you found us on Twitter, 11,000 followers over there. Maybe you could add this to your Instagram story if you found us on Instagram. Fewer than 11,000 followers over there. You know what else you could do? You could share the Instagram account because I really have some small dick energy watching how great Ross is doing on the Twitter and knowing that I run the Instagram. Uh, you know, why don't you write a letter to your mom or whatever I normally fucking say here, uh, act it out in a play with your family and friends for your local community, whatever you want to do, but get around us fellas because uh, this is happening every single week. Hey, uh, different podcast again this week, something a little bit different. Seems like we've got a different format every single week at the moment. Um, I guess it's uh, car crash podcast booking. we got to keep you going with a hook in every single segment so you don't switch over to the other channel on your Monday night. Um, so this week, right, this is what happened. I went to make a guest appearance on a, on a friend of the show, the Apron Bump podcast, Kyle over there who hosts that show all the way from America. And it's a fantastic show and geez, I enjoyed it. Spent probably an hour and a half with Kyle discussing Ring of Honor All-Star Extravaganza from 2002. Um, completely different sort of podcast to what we do here. Um, but because of that, I decided to have a week off our recording. So here I am still hosting, still doing the intro and the outro and definitely still still editing, but I've got absolutely no idea what is going to be said in the recording. Ross the boss just sent me a recording. I've got no idea how much editing I've got to do. I've got to, I've don't even really know who's on the show. So I'm pretty sure we can expect to have Ross Casey and Matt Connolly definitely. Um, I'm not 100% sure if there's anybody else there, but I'm going to roll the clip just for the first time, just like you. I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to kick back, have a cold one, enjoy this while I edit it. I hope you're doing something very, very very similar. Here we go. Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast, episode 19. I'm going to throw it over to Ross the Boss. So I want to say 18, Matt. Let's let's go with 18. I think it might be 19. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, yeah, I think it's 19. Yeah, because I swear we made Rock Hogan. Okay. 19's a big one, Matt. We got a long, we got a tough act to follow in terms of WrestleMania. Let's hope nobody gets brain damage in the main event. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see who the Booker Bingo throws up first. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, so it's just myself, Ross Casey, and Matt Connolly, the con man, um, in a two-man booth for this week. Lot, lot, lots of people off, off through injury or, or illness. Um, the Euros are starting to take their toll on the Wrestling Should Be Fun crew, but we've still got a podcast out for you with just a two-man booth. Looking forward to it. We'll start off with the call-up sheet. Oh, 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 
this week, which is good as it's added to less and less yeah. it's, um, creative minds on this. Still smaller than most AEW stables, so that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> so we'll start off with Chris Mortal from Bristol, but not in the UK, in the state of Vince McMahon, Connecticut. Oh, he was nearly a boy then. He was nearly a boy. Um, was it Myrtle, did you say? So M-O-E-R-T-L. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I feel like he could be a uh, Bristol, from the, but like from the UK, but like expat out in Connecticut, making money through, I don't know, cider or something. <laughs> <laughs> a cider-making gimmick. <laughs> Chris, so he's been renamed Chris Wurzel. <laughs> <laughs> and his finisher could be like uh, the Combine Harvester. Yeah, I was trying to get a pun in there and just time beat me. <laughs> Next up, we've got the UK's only Memphis-related podcast, Memphis Cast. So it's a UK-based podcast that love Memphis wrestling. I mean, is there a podcasting gimmick in wrestling? Or could someone run that as a gimmick? You know what? That might be a first, mightn't it? Yeah. So, like, their talk show is a podcast segment where they're recording. How about this is just Everrise and we just repackage them on AEW or NWA Power? Yeah. (laughs) With, with like, Memphis accents or accents from Britain talking about (laughs) Memphis. Yeah. Oh, either way, that's going to be a horrible accent, isn't it? (laughs) <laughs> I'm all for it I'm all for it next up from the slums of I'm really good I'm, I'm really going to slaughter this Higashiokosaka from the slums of Higashiokosaka <laughs> can't do it FJ Hero I'm so sorry I can't speak Japanese Higashiosaka that's the well, best just, I mean I don't know if the Japanese have roadmen out there, but if he's from the slums, I feel like he could be running a street gimmick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like that. So he, I mean, I don't think we'd get away with a shank in wrestling. But, uh, <laughs> but um, maybe, yeah, in, just... maybe in one of those FMW shows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's going off the gauge. Yeah, he's going off the gauge. He's going to nick his phone backstage in a hold-up. <laughs> Whatever the kids call it now when you rob someone. Love that. So we're halfway through the call-up sheet. Next up, we've got another podcast, Mole and Zane at digitalzoneent.com from New York. Mole and Zane. I mean, New York and podcast in the same sentence. I know what that sounds like already, and it's not for me. (laughs) Uh, It's going to be loud and abrasive, but that could be a great heel gimmick if they just talk too much. I quite like the names of Mole and Zane. Yes. That's... That's quite good. It's kind of like a mosh and thrasher. I think that, yeah, I just think they're really annoying. Uh, probably chicken shit heel tag team who talk themselves up and don't always deliver. That's me. That's what I'm going for. Maybe sponsored by Vince Russo? <laughs> Definitely sponsored by Vince Russo. <laughs> Next up, we've got um, uh, a Twitter follower who was on last week's um, Shop Mastermind, Heat 5, Josh Heady. Uh, who, who chose The Fiend as his uh, specialist subject and even more a Fiend t-shirt. Really into The Fiend, that guy. Um, he's, got, he's getting a shout out. It's Josh Heady from Leicester. From where? Sorry? 
Leicester. Leicester. Um, I think we should give Josh Heady the Leicester story. He comes in, bottom of the pile. No one's expecting much. And at 5,000 to one shot, he wins the big one. Whatever promotion he's in, he can win the big one. Love Josh it. Heady getting that Leicester rub. Absolutely love it. And Serge Pizzorno can do his theme tune. <laughs> yeah. Is he even from Leicester or living there? Either way, he's getting it. <laughs> and last but not least, it's another wrestling podcast. It's from the podcast that is Jaded Wrestling. And it's the Year of Duke and Rogue. They're a podcast who do basically years of wrestling um, podcasts where they do a pay-per-view every, every other week. And it's pretty fun to listen to. So shout out to the Year of Duke and Rogue. It's, a, again, a good team name. I think the Duke's adding a lot of prestige. Yeah. The two names. Yeah. I feel like maybe there would be like the kind of the butlers to um, Booker T. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So that's a call-up sheet for this week. Was there anyone from the Wrestling Should Be Fun crew that you want to shout out to, Matt? Uh, no one in particular, <laughs> which sounds rude, doesn't it? <laughs> All the boys, all the boys. What about um, Roe for being um, fantastic at Pickhams? I tell you what, has Roe always been good at Pickhams, or is this like a really good year he's having? He's having a good year, isn't he? He's having a he's great. Trying year. every month, he's still up there, I'm and obviously to... winning this month as well. I'm trying to think of uh, like a 2021 wrestler who he would be. Someone who flew under the radar for a few years, and and now he's the man a little bit. Maybe Lashley. Is he Lashley? Is he the Lashley? <laughs> I just, no disrespect to Roe, I don't remember ever looking out for his name near the top of the table. And this year, he is taking it by storm. Yeah. It's, and I'll be honest, I think the fans are starting to turn on him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know the fellow talent is. <laughs> so that's the call-up sheet for, uh, for the week. And we move on to the wrestling roundtable. All right. what the nerds are watching, right? <laughs> oh, God, yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone and done my, my uh, book of bingo again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that was class. <laughs> so now we move on to what the nerds are watching. I've been watching you. A la 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 long. A la 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 long, 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 long. Come on. A la 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 long. A la 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 long, long, long. First up, I've got NXT UK, Matt. I know that you've got quite a bit to say about Raw, so I'll just kind of whiz through this. I actually... No, do. I haven't seen NXT UK for a minute, so it'd be good for you to fill me in. So this week's NXT UK was slightly longer than usual. It went, it, it went to an hour and three minutes. And when you first see that, you're a bit like, oh, man. So <laughs> 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 15 minutes of wrestling. But honestly, the stuff that they managed to, to cram into the show. So you started off with a host match between Mark Coffey and Shah Samuels. Um, a match that certainly I wasn't, you know, bouncing off the walls about. But as soon as they locked up, I was like, oh, this is going to be good. It went about four and a half minutes. Just hoss, big shots, big shots, kickouts. And then finally, Mark Coffey got the big shot whip, um, win over Shah Samuels. And they started to say a bit like, oh, Mark Coffey's always been known as a tag team guy, but he's starting to show that he's a, 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 a potential a single star. So that's like a fun little um, caveat to that little um, feud at the start of the show. Then we went to Millie McKenzie being interviewed and being asked about um, Michael uh, Asatomura winning the title. And she was saying about how proud she was to 
be in the same ring as her and all that sort of stuff. And then you had the freaky lights with Isla Dawn now that she's a heel and they've gone down the kind of <laughs> Butlin's <laughs> version of um, Bray Wyatt with Isla Dawn. Where oh, really? Like, where like lights flicker and um, all this sort of strange stuff and she kind of walks in this kind of Kate Bush style <laughs> way, which is kind of fun. Um, so, th- so then they built up that match for a few weeks' time. Then they cut to the, the, the UK PC, where there was a new um, female wrestler called Mila Schmidt, who I've never seen previously, actually. Um, and she was watching Valkyrie do her thing, just kind of running the ropes and all that sort of stuff. And then Ginny came up to her and was like, you are pathetic watching someone else do what you should be doing. <laughs> <laughs> and then... When she tried to talk back to Ginny, she was like, firstly, don't look at me in the face. Look at the floor. <laughs> <laughs> just, be, just Ginny being Ginny. Um, and then basically Ginny managed to talk, managed to talk Mila Schmidt into potentially facing um, Michael Satamora, um, which is obviously a mistake. Um, <laughs> that's just Ginny being Ginny and um, being the bully of the PC, which is what she should be. Um, and then we went to the backstage area on the steps where Subculture were celebrating last week's win. I don't know if you've seen sub- the Subculture stuff, if you haven't seen it recently. I saw a promo a few weeks back. It was like a, I don't know, like a skateboarding advert or something. Yeah, it's like, they're like, they're like always filmed in like Camden Town. Right. With like kind of, you know, the alternative scene and they're called Subculture. So it kind of fits them. Yeah. And they've been built up now against Pretty Deadly, who are the complete opposite. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And and are all about high society and class and money. Um, So it's pretty perfect. It writes itself. Um, Looking forward to the start of that feud. And the match itself will be be really, really good. How is, um, to jump in, how is Pretty Deadly's tag run been? Because I saw them win the titles. I haven't really seen or heard much about the run. They've had one title match since. And then the rest has been them kind of coming out on commentary and just being, yes, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and like putting over the kind of talent in a fun way. So like one of them would say something like, I'll tell you what, um, T-Bone looks really jacked. And he was like, but not as jacked as us. Yes, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like just, just like really fun. They're kind of... In a way, actually, they're kind of what Kenny Omega's doing on on AEW, just like okay. that outlandish bozo of a of like a personality that you kind of just like, oh, just fuck off, mate. <laughs> yeah, they're glad doing one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in terms of what in, t- in terms of them actually wrestling, they haven't really done a lot, but they've been just kind of like lording it up backstage and on commentary with like their champagne and all that sort of stuff. Um, then they went. Then they went to Stevie Turner, um, the former Bobby Turner, um, to have her second match on TV. She had a bit of a squash match against Laura Di Matteo, who looked quite good. I thought, um, obviously, someone that we've seen a fair amount at Progress and Rev Pro and other pr- promotions throughout the past few years. Um, she, like it was like a four-minute squash match, um, but she got a, a fair amount of um, stuff in. They kind of do this thing where. Stevie Turner's four-dimensional. That's the, that, that's the kind of vibe that she's given off because I think it's laying into her tag team with Hannah Kimura in Japan where they were like oh, right. cyberspace quad or something like that. <laughs> um, Brum would probably 
say that that's wrong, but it's, a, but it's something along those lines. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like they're starting to just build her up as like someone to be a threat because she hasn't lost yet. So that's cool. Then they had a backstage tease little thing with Gallus, where it wasn't implicitly implied that like there's a bit of um, unease in the group, but Mark Coffey and, Gal- and um, Wolfgang have both won singles matches recently and they're kind of being kind of like jock, kind of like silly kind of jock that has kind of face in a way. And then you've got Joe Coffey, who's like super serious and just wants to like get the job done. And he's getting a little bit annoyed with those two. So that's quite inter- an, an, an interesting story. Um, and I'll leave that into the main event. Then we've got another build with Kenny Williams, who's newly shaved um, since he's turned heel. Um, he looks really, really different. Um, he turned heel on his partner, um, Ahmed Jordan. Um, beat him in a, in a Lose Leaves Town match a few weeks ago. Since then, he's been wrestling and picking up wins um and now he's seemingly going up against nathan fraser which is a match that will be great but i feel like for kenny williams a bit early to, to take that loss because i can't see him beating nathan fraser personally yeah um but i love kenny williams i know that i've spoken about it in the past um never really saw him as a heel i've always so, uh, seen him as a face so i'm intrigued to like see was he was he the guy who was doing like the kashida back to the future thing as well was he one of those guys i remember him yeah yeah so that's really cool um also there was a nice little tidbit where nathan fraser was learning like um wrist locks from james mason someone who i used to watch at the colson hall in bristol when i was like 14. (laughs) that's nice to see (laughs) um then we got the um, tease of Blair Davenport signing her NXT UK contract. It wasn't explicitly stated that it's B Priestley, but that's what everyone's saying on the, on the internet. And that's a pretty exciting signing. I know that um, in the group, she gets a little bit of pelters for her wrestling and all that sort of stuff. But I, every time that I've seen her, I've been pretty impressed with her, to be honest. And the last time that I saw her properly wrestle was against Osprey on that um, Red Pro show, and it was bloody brilliant. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, like you said, that division is just, it's getting pretty stacked in there, isn't it? It is. And um, I think I mentioned in the, in the group that they're starting to um, have tryouts with Jamie Hayter as well, who's a tremendous talent. So, yeah, like I think I said in the group as well, like this could easily be an hour of just the females. <laughs> is, there, is there multiple storylines going on as well? I know you mentioned a couple of them there. Like, do they feel like there's enough for them to fight over? Or just um, at, at the moment, yeah. Like, I'm like we're not even halfway through this. Like, they absolutely zip through all the feuds. Like, it's crazy good how they get how they manage to fit it all in in an hour. Yeah, absolutely love it. Then next was Jack Stars' little promo. Um, so he's always been um, seen as kind of enhancement talent, um, someone who, who the new people come in and beat up, especially if they're big sized, because obviously Stars is a smaller build and he looks great at being thrown around the ring. I remember, I think Volta debuted up against Jack Stars. So did Rampage, I want to say. Um, and they did a great promo where he basically explains that he's always been the underdog. Nobody expected him to make it this far, but he, um, he kept on trying. Then they showed several photos of him in different tryouts where he kept on coming back, kept on coming back, kept, kept on being told no, kept on being told no. 
eventually worked his ass off, got the contract, and, and here he is at the best point in his WWE career so far because he's finally picked up wins. And he's going after um, Tyler Bates' Heritage Cup, um, which is a match that obviously isn't a, it, it isn't a headline or, or, or anything like that, and it's two faces up against each other. But I love the fact that they've built it up as like Jack Stars, like starting to realise his potential and be like, and actually starting to feel like, yeah, I could beat um, Bate, and it hopefully will be presented in that way rather than a quick two 0 win for. for <laughs> yeah. Um, then next, it was an, an actual match, and it was um, Oliver Carter. I don't know if you've seen much of him. Uh, yes, I think uh, I think he's pretty decent as well, right? From where yeah, he's, he's, he's in a tag team as well, wasn't he? Yeah, he's in or a tag team with Ashton Smith. Yeah, I know the guy. Um, Ashton Smith, a few weeks ago, was in a match with Tia Man, who was the former Lucky Kid. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Lucky Kid is a, a heel now. He looks so much bigger than what he did when I remember him at Progress. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't explain why or how. He just, he just looks bigger. <laughs> um, and he was, up, and he was up against Smith a few weeks ago, and put him in his um, submission, which is basically the cripple face, and um, wouldn't let the hold go. And like, and now Smith is kayfabe out through injury, so Carter is in this match to get revenge for his boy. Have a really good back and forth match. There was a there was a real cool, um, basically, um, Tia Man obviously target the, 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 the like shoulder because that's what the the the, the, the uh, finishes. There was a bit where Carter tried to do a Hurricane Rana whilst Tia Man was sat on the turnbuckle, and Tia Man just like um, held on to, to the top ropes, so he just like fell doing his his Hurricane Rana straight onto his shoulder. Then he rolled through straight through to the um, finish, which was a really cool finish. Then um, he wouldn't let go of the hold again, and then Rohan Raja. I don't know if you've seen him yet. No, that doesn't ring a bell at all. But he was in Impact for a while, and he's now okay. NXT UK. I think he's British through proxy. There's like a mad thing where he was like a little bit David Boy Smith, where he's kind of British, but not, kind of not. He's okay. not a lot of time in the UK, but he is technically yeah. UK. Um, he was the first victim of Tier Man on his debut, and they did a really cool finish. I think we spoke about it on the podcast at the time, actually, where... They like um, post production, like did like a like a bone snap. Oh right! Wow. On, on like um, a elbow, I think it was. Um, so like that was the debut for, for Tier Man, and he was like seen as this like ruthless guy that you know w- wants to hurt people rather than win, sort of thing. Um, and he's been doing that throughout. And you got the impression that he was going to come in for the save. And in fact, he turns heel and attacks Carter and Tia Man then does that like eye thing. So I think in WXW has been doing it where like he's got the all-seeing eye or something along those lines. Um, so he's got like Raja now under his tutelage. Um, so that's like that's a new tag team, I guess. Um, so that was a pretty cool little thing. Then we got a really fun build of A-Kid. Um, basically saying that um, he's all about competition and the like will of the fight. And then he hates the way that Devlin saunters around the dressing room, has his own dressing room, blah, blah, blah. Thinks he's too big for the, for the brand. 
and that's going to lead up to the match between Akid and Devlin, which is going to be an absolute banger. And then we got to the main event, which is mad when you think of how much I've spoken about. Like, I was going to say, it's <laughs> the busiest sounding show for one hour and three minutes that I've ever heard. So this got 22 minutes, this main event. It was Joe Coffey versus Dragunov versus Rampage for the number one contendership. Absolute barnstorm of a match, Matt. If you haven't seen it, um, that's the one match to go out of your way and watch from this week, in my opinion. Um, that and probably the Drew and Riddle one, which you probably saw. Um, and it was really, really good. Um, everyone came across really, really well. Um, I, I, I spoke earlier about how coffee starting to get a bit tired with Gallus's kind of like chirpiness, um, jockiness. <clears throat> and in this match, the commentary of McGuinness and Andy Shepard now, I think, does the, the, the main commentary. They really ramped home the fact that Coffee can't get the job done in like the big one. I think yeah. like he lost to Dunn, he lost to Volta on on like takeovers. Mm-hmm. He lost in this match. So I feel like that's the kind of way that they're going down this route now of maybe there's a slight breakaway from the Gallus boys at some point, which is really cool. Rampage and Ilya just kicking the crap out of each other and eventually um Ilya won. Um, it, with um, the Torpedo Moscow on, on Rampage. Um, brilliant match. Loved it. 22 minutes of just hard-hitting British strong style. Um, then Ilja is like barely able to stand. He's sweating profusely from a 22-minute match that he just had. And then Volta turns up for the first time in what feels like months on, on, on NXT UK. He does the thing where he like holds the belt in front of Ilja's face and you think that's going to be the end of the show. And then he just absolutely slapped the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> and because he was sweating so much, the slap off his face, like you could see the sweat just like oh. bounce off him. Um, and then he immediately put him in the sleeper and choked him out. And that's the end of the show. And it was just like, that was such a good show. Like, and I'm so, so hyped for Volta versus Ilya too. I just really hope that they do it with fans. I was going to say, when is it? So it's not announced for a specific date. He is just uh, another contender. Right? Yeah, yeah. And you're looking forward. Up, is it like? Has it felt like a right about a right amount of time to go back to Walter Ilya now? Then after the bomb yeah, burners, so they did this this whole storyline where I think me and Brum had a bit of a set to about if it was good or not. I quite liked it. Brum didn't like it. Um, where the loss to, to, to uh, Volta really um, put Ilya's like mental state out of place. And he was starting to like act poorly in the ring where like when he would get a big slap, it would remind him of what happened to him with Volta and he'd snap and like do a bit of a Bob Backlund and like do some like devastating moves, like really vicious moves and then not like, and, like almost black out and then come to and the guy would be like, knocked out in the ring and he'd be like really upset that, that he's done it. I quite liked it. Brum didn't like it. But I like the fact the fact that they've done that for eight, nine weeks and now he's the number one contender. So I think that's quite a fun little story. Um, and the match obviously is going to be a banger. So that's NXT UK. Yeah, I mean, I'm, from the outside, that sounds absolutely packed and stacked and all other words, act. 
I mean, that's ridiculous that they get that into an hour. I know, yeah. Uh, especially if a couple of the matches are good. Like you said, that opener was a pretty tight one. Yeah, it was went short. Short, but, but like good. <laughs> and then the mains allowed enough time to breathe as well. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah sounds, sounds like a great show. Maybe I'll check that main out. Yeah, so um, I sometimes read the reviews on 411. I don't know if you, if you know that website, um, 411 Wrestling. And uh, that got, I, I, I think this week's NXT UK got 8.2 out of 10. Ooh. pretty decent those sorts of scores are normally saved for non WWE shows <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um, so yeah so yeah moving on to Raw now get the gods the drugs from my generation I'll take the file the saints across the nation um, I've got some notes if you want to just maybe lean on mine that, that, that it kicked off with Lashley and Kofi how are you feeling about the potential of, of this? Yeah, I said actually on the pod last week, I was saying that I think this is where they were going um, because of the promo the week before, right, with MVP and Kofi. Yeah. And I'm happy. I, I don't know if it's going to uh, just be the one and done at Money in the Bank. Um, but I liked uh, all that they did in this episode with it as well. I'm, I'm here for it. And, you know, it's the fun v the serious again in terms of Lashley, you know, is the proper decorated champ and Kofi's throwing toast in the ring. Yeah, yeah. And you've got, and then alongside that, you've got the manipulator that is MVP trying to kind of turn Kofi's head as well. It's mad, isn't it? Like a year and a half ago, who would have thought MVP would be such a crucial part of WWE's programming? And he's completely justified it. He's had a great year. I absolutely love that they're playing into the real life situation of um, Shad and MVP watching him win at Mania and crying. Yeah. Like they've mentioned that. They've mentioned it a few times, haven't they, on TV? Yeah. Yeah, I think because he talked about him crying and everything, didn't he? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, a, it's a really, it, it just, you know, it's the line between real and fake, isn't it? The best the best bit is when yeah. you can use as much of the real as you can. And yeah. yeah, no, I'm completely with you. I'm I'm looking forward to the match. I think it has happened a couple of times more, hasn't it, already? But yeah. like, yeah, yeah. at pay-per-view, I think they'll go, you know, 15 minutes, whatever. Lashley will get the hurt lock in, in the end and probably win. Yeah, I'm up for it. And I think they'll tell a good story in the build-up because obviously I'm imagining Woods is going to be off TV for a few weeks now after the yeah, end yeah. of the show. Yeah, I'd keep him off. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So a vulnerable Kofi on his own as well. So yeah, great. I'm, I'm actually really enjoying the presentation of Lashley's champion. I think they've done a great job of it. He, I, yeah. He comes across... So the biggest compliment is that he's, he's keeping a top baby face away from the title in Drew that just, you know... Drew, I don't think anyone at the start of the year again would have not had Drew as their champion right now in terms of where they thought they were going. Yeah, he's I'm, been that good in the role. I remember um, in the group, there was quite a lot of chat, wasn't there, about like, what on earth are they doing putting the belt on Lashley at Mania? Yeah, he's great. No, I, 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 I don't, I've not watched the whole of Lashley's career, but in terms of just in WWE, is this his best bit? I didn't see much of the original run. This feels like his best yeah. run, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, he he just seems very very comfortable in it as well, which is great. Because even as like the dominant face, um, almost main event of that that he was in like '07 when he came out of ECW to main main roster and straight into that feud with like Donald Trump, um, like promo wise, he just didn't feel confident. Whereas in the ring, he looked and felt the the, the real deal. But outside of that, he didn't quite. Whereas now he just looks and feels like, yeah, he's owning it. Absolutely, isn't it? 
Next up, we had Ricochet and Morrison getting wins over former champs, which is fun booking. Yes. All the three, the three, all feed into one story. I know that maybe the Riddle McIntyre deserves its own little bit to talk about because it was the, the elite match yeah. of the three. But, but like all of them were upset wins. Uh, and all of them, like we love, like wrestling fans love like tournament ideas and like knockouts. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just great that like all three of them as well lead into another story. You know, Randy being pissed off that Riddle's got the victory. Riddle yeah. obviously winning as well feeds into that. And Drew's crisis of confidence that he now seems to be having that he can't get the job done either. Yeah, and then AJ and uh, Omos going and spinning off into a tag feud with the Viking Raiders, which will be yeah great. Yeah, um, I must admit, um, the last Raw that was last Monday, I thought it was a pretty good breeze to watch overall. I just thought that the booking was good. I thought the matches were good, and yeah, like impressed to actually you know watch a Raw and not have, like have my eyes rolled the whole time. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't watch Raw generally. I can't remember the last time I did. But I saw the reaction online and I saw a couple of screenshots and I was like, I've got to, uh, got to give this a go. And if I'm bored after the first half, I'll, I'll turn off. But no, yeah, I stuck with it. Like you say, breezy. Yeah, yeah. Great to see. And then we had Dewdrop and Eva Marie. <laughs> now this, I actually quite enjoy. I think that it's not really doing much for, for Dewdrop at the moment, but it doesn't need to at the moment. But what it is doing is making Eva Marie a brilliant hill. I think she's doing a brilliant act. Is this just, like, going to not last very long, right? Because they're already on the ropes after one week. So her whole thing is that she's going to, I think it was going to be like, she's going to be like, I can't remember the exact word, but she's going to be like the facilitator of the future and bringing in all these new people. Right. So I get the impression that she's just going to be with people for like three or four weeks, then to get someone new and use them until they're like, actually, fuck you. And it's <laughs> great fun. <laughs> yeah. I, I do. So do we think Piper Niven's going to get her name back and be a part of the roster? Do you think that is an option? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I hope so. I think potentially that um, it could even be a kind of thing of like, I was so excited to have a tag team partner on Raw but you weren't the right tag team partner. Here's my right tag team partner. It's KLR. Yeah. Which just is filling it up with Scottish people. Raw. Yeah. We're just going to... Raw is Scotch. I think I, I read the other day that because of some of Drew's promise, someone's like, it's like Vince found the Wikipedia page for Scotland. He's now <laughs> just invested. He's got a and when you look up. That women's division with Nikki Cross in there and Piper Niven coming on. Yeah. Yeah, next up, I've got a little note of just trouble with raw belt feuds. I did a, 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 a tweet on this yesterday because there's a six-man tag, to, sorry, six-woman tag t tonight that's um, Tamina, Natty, and Charlotte against Rhea, Mandy, and Dana. Yeah. I said, unlimited, unlimited funds to anyone who can tell me who the hills and faces are. No idea. Yeah, no idea. No idea. Like, the booking that I just praised previously, like, I can actively say that this is not good booking. Like, it, it's not helping anyone. Right, completely agreed. I don't know what to think. Uh, like, has Rhea turned? Or, I, I don't understand. And so, like you say, and, and Natty and Tamina turned face, I thought. But now they're kind of the heels, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's... 
it's messy, isn't it? It's yeah. really, really messy. And yeah, unless they use this six woman tag team tonight to really cement who's the good, the good girls and the bad girls. I'm a bit like, Oh God, just get it done with. <laughs> yeah. It's seems- I think what this match needs is more blonde women. That is what because, it is. Uh, there's only five, right? So uh, I think <laughs> get a couple more in. What we now know is that Tamina won't win. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Tamina. Uh, next up, I've got um, Nikki Cross. That was different, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I, I still don't know what I think of it. But it. Apparently, it's her idea, if you believe what you read on the internet, right? Like, she's had a big yeah. hand in it. I like it if it's going to become, like, the early Hurricane stuff and just be like an arrogant character where she's going to like believe her own hype off of these somewhat fluky victories. Yeah. I'm, I'm up for it. I'm just, uh, it's one of them, see where it goes. I'm not going to pretend I'm bang on board with it, but I'm also not against it. Yeah. And also it just gets her on TV and she hasn't yeah. been on TV for, for a good while, really. And she's more than good enough. Yeah. Like no one's going to question how good she is. Yeah. 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 And also a, a fun little nod to former tag team champions, but in just completely different characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. It's like, yeah, I mean, again, though, in, in uh, KFA, why are Alexa and Nikki tagging? It didn't really make any sense, I guess, but, you know, that wasn't the story, was it? No. I think um, this is where Brum wants his update on Reginald. Oh, mate, I'm a big fan of Reginald. <laughs> Reginald's great, isn't he? He is great. We, we whacked, me and Dom said how good he was last week and how much he's adding, but we also didn't really understand what his role is, really, apart from just seeming to consistently switch between women on the roster and become their ballet. Yeah, he, he's not the champagne holder anymore. So he's yeah, lost Somalier, is it Somalier? Yeah, the Somalier. So he's lost that job role. Yeah. He's now kind of just Nia Jax's Instagram mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I uh, I like I like this crazy stuff, but I just don't know where it fits in with everything. But in its own bubble, yeah, it's fine. I really enjoyed the bumps. I call them bumps, where um, Alexa Bliss uh, manages to like um, hypnotize someone, and then they do like the slap. Yeah. <laughs> Over the past two weeks, um, Naya and Reginald slapping each other has been absolutely great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, here for it. Um, secondly, um, just on Alexa Bliss, because of all of her concussion stuff, have you noticed that her matches, like, they're being super careful with her, quite rightly, that she just doesn't take any, like, head bumps? I hadn't noticed it, but that makes complete sense. I had felt like they, um, I thought it was maybe more of design of the character, the, the, the pacing of them, and it felt safe. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, that's probably what it is, great show. Yeah, yeah. Which is, a, which is a great thing. And it like, does seem... Yeah, like, I, personally, I just thought it was her character is now, you know, has moments where she doesn't work high-energy moves, yeah, yeah. you know? So, she'll yeah. Take, she'll take, like, kicks to the chest, but not to the head. Yeah. Stuff like that. Like, I've started to notice, like, and that's brilliant, isn't it? Like, because clearly she's, she's got issues with it, like... Yeah, ease her in. Yeah. Then, um... We've got Riddle v. Drew, which was just an absolute banger, wasn't it? What a match yep. out. Yeah, nothing to add. Just was a great match, wasn't it? I liked the uh, finish. I thought that was cool. Where are you at with RKO, RK Bro right now? Any hot takes on him? I think it's breathing another new character into Randy Orton. And I just yep. think Randy Orton is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, 
where I'm at in terms of Riddle, I still find it hard to really enjoy him, but he's so entertaining, isn't he? He is entertaining. Yeah. Uh, I could do less with the fucking Angry Birds CGI thing, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like, I, I still do find it hard to fully invest. There's still that niggle in the back of my mind of like, that's not a fully sorted yet out yet, isn't it? Is it? It's kind of lawsuit stuff. For sure. And that sure. feels a bit wrong that he's getting pushed so much now when like you've had other people fired. But mm-hmm. it is what it is. And until proven guilty, I guess, like he's doing a great job. And I can see him being a pretty big deal on Raw or SmackDown by next year, really. If, if he isn't already, really. Yeah, I was going to say, he feels like he is on his way to that, definitely, if he isn't there. So, yeah. Of the people that have reached the Money in the Bank ladder match, I think he's probably the favourite. Yes. Uh, remind me who, who's got there from... Has anyone got there from SmackDown so far? I know Zayn and Owens go next week, don't they? To, or this week. I've not actually seen SmackDown yet, so I don't know. Oh, right. Um, but of the Raw lads, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. Mm. Um, and then next up, I just had a quick note on Jackson Riker. <laughs> what are they doing with Jackson Riker? I don't yeah. know how he's face. <laughs> <laughs> no. I didn't really understand the promo. And that's not me being like, oh, he's, like, he's a Trump supporter. You're allowed to politically vote for who you want to vote for. But a guy sternly slapping himself with a belt backstage I'd, and then being like yeah that's my guy <laughs> is it, has it is the gimmick the gimmick's ptsd right or at least feels like that like that feels like a real deep yeah line. And that's I the bit that doesn't make me want to invest and i don't know if that's where they're going with it i just i don't know i i genuinely don't know but yeah like that that was weird to me. I was just like, so, well, you do you. <laughs> you looking uh, forward to this trap match tonight? Elias and uh, Riker? Matches are largely my worst type of matches, I think. I absolutely hate a strap match. And yeah, those two. It'll be a match. <laughs> <laughs> it will happen. <laughs> but what I did enjoy in that same backstage promo was the Mansoor and Ali stuff. I'm quite mm-hmm. invested in that. I'm, because Ali is absolutely brilliant in the ring. He's come up with a multitude of characters off, off his own back, seemingly, that are good, in my opinion, creatively. And none of them have taken off through just stunted booking. And this feels like it's going to be another one of them. But mm. I think that what he's doing is brilliant. It's not too different to what, to what MVP is doing, to be honest. And I'll be intrigued yeah. to know, at some point, does Ali become a member of that group? Yeah, possibly. Because he feels very much like he would fit in that group, like thematically at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would be good for Ali himself, like being part of that. Like it was good for Cedric and uh, Shelton. I still don't really understand why that's not a thing. But No. Uh, <laughs> they've just been replaced by PG Hose. <laughs> and yeah. then the um the Hell in a Cell match itself 
Firstly, booking. Putting Lashley in a Hell in a Cell match where he actively wanted it, mm. that's like quite face as a <laughs> booking concept. Mm-hmm. And then in a way where he didn't moan about it, just went about his business and won, kind of makes Drew like fist pumping and being like, I'm going to do it and then losing. Kind of makes Drew look bad, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the short answer, yeah. I didn't, I didn't understand. I mean, this is one of the examples where I don't know this story, but I'm guessing the network wanted a Hell in a Cell match because SmackDown had one, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. like, they just have to come up with a story. But, yeah, the, it was done the wrong way around. Like, the New Day didn't trick him into this match. Lashley was just calling the shots. He was like, I'll have you at Money in the Bank. I'll have you tonight. He's just fought half an hour in a cell the night before. He's not bothered. <laughs> and won. <laughs> and he smashed Woods up. Yeah, it doesn't even make Woods look good, does it? Yeah. But yeah, I thought that the I actually thought that the Lashley Woods Hell in a Cell was better than the Ray Roman one. I didn't end up seeing all of the Ray Roman one. I just saw the highlight package they put on Hell in a Cell. It wasn't bad. I just thought that Lashley and Woods had a better match. Hmm. Um, Fair enough. And I absolutely love the um, finishing sequence of this uh, of this Raw, where they kind of did it in a less less important way on AEW where Christian was caught behind a cage and couldn't get a Matt Hardy. Yeah. Um, but this was done bigger and better, I guess. Um, and like really plays into, you know, Kofi feeling helpless and kind of seeing his future in front of him, which is pretty cool. I yeah, no, I, I'm a big fan of the closing minute. Uh, just seeing Kofi desperate to get to Woods and the cell being locked by MVP. Yeah, it's not in- unique or new, but it, it completely works for what the story they're trying to tell. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so as a whole, like, thumbs up for Raw for me. For me, as someone who probably won't watch Raw again for three, four months at least, that was <laughs> really a good one to pick. Yeah, I'm glad I jumped in. Big time. So that's the end of uh, What the Nerds Are Watching. And now we will go to the wrestling roundtable. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our main event of the evening. This week's roundtable, I actually have no idea what it is because I haven't listened. This is the Wrestling Should Be Fun Roundtable. Do you want to go with yours first, Matt? Can do. Can do, mate. Um, so, I've, obviously, this is a bit of a mystery one. Back to the old days of the mystery subject, I guess. Um, and I thought if it's just the two of us, we've got to come with sunning each to the table. I mean, it's more of a dinner for two than it is a round table <laughs> this week. But uh, I thought I'd come with sunning. So, my question is, it's, it's a bit of an open bracket, uh, um, open parameters. Like, I don't really know where to go with it, but... How serious do you think wrestlers should be with regards to kayfabe? And in terms of especially the online personas, because it feels really difficult sometimes to know how far they should go because I can't think of any other, any other thing that tries to still be in character whilst trying to be itself. Yeah. Um, I mean, you don't have Phil Mitchell tweeting as Phil Mitchell and Steve McFadden, for example. Yeah. It's very odd. And, and- um, 
I, and you wouldn't get EastEnders fans threatening to beat him up if, if he did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if he put up a picture like cuddling whoever he hates on the square. <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, that's that, awful. That, well, that's that ruined. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, what do you think? Like, I suppose the, the, the reason I thought of it is I remember there's that, do you remember that photo when Roman and Braun took a photo together yeah, and yeah. the internet exploded because they were feuding? Like, do you think wrestlers should be allowed to do that or is it a case of this is a unique industry and they should respect certain customs? For that hmm. That's an interesting question. Um, I'm kind of old school in that it does bother me and it, and it really shouldn't. It really shouldn't. And I'm a, and I'm a rational man. <laughs> like, like you say, if Phil Mitchell put a, a picture of Grant Mitchell day after they had a fight on Albert Square, I, it wouldn't bother me. But when they did do that, I was a bit like, come on, lads. Like, and, that's, I, like, and, and that is on me. Like, that, is, that is a weird way to, to think. Especially when the whole Hacksaw and Sheik thing killed it way back in the 80s or, or, or whatever it was when, when kayfabe truly was a thing and there was no social media and, you know, that was a real eye-opener to the business. There's websites, there's films, there's so much, there's documentaries all about behind the scenes of the wrestling business. So we all know, we all know what's up. So it shouldn't be a problem. But there is still that little niggle in my mind when it does happen of like, it's just a bit silly. Like, and that's a little bit of a stumper on just like, just like on me in general. Like, why do I feel that? I shouldn't feel that. But it's weird, isn't it? I kind of am the same. Like, I didn't really want to see The Undertaker do interviews, not as The Undertaker. <laughs> and that's a completely ridiculous thing to expect of a man who's played a character for 30 years, that he yeah. just stays that character till he dies. Like, you can't be yourself anymore. Um, yeah. But yeah, it is a funny line. I only have it with wrestling. That's why I don't. I don't know. Like, obviously, some people do kind of method it right. Like, as much as they can. Like MJF, for example. I think doesn't he pretty much try and be MJF in any interview he does? And yeah. So I, I can. I think then there you you completely appreciate that. And the first few comments in a in a video he's on will always be to do with great that he stays in character. Oh, this is yeah. this is kayfabe, etc. I don't really know where I'm at with it. It's like Jericho getting guests on and sometimes still pretending that yeah. he's mad at them. I don't know if I find it cringe or amazing. What is quite confusing, I guess, is that there are certain people in the, in the IWC on, online that take things at face value. And when you're a wrestler who posts on a Tuesday, in character, a promo type tweet, then on the Wednesday like them at Starbucks with the, with a, them at Starbucks with like a fan. Then on Thursday, they'll be with their family. Then on Friday, they'll offer support to someone that's on a different roster and doesn't seem to fit their narrative on, like it is, it's all over the shop, isn't it? Like there's like, and I think, as wrestling fans, we just have to be like, okay, I'm, I'm reading this tweet, and until I get mad about it, I need to fig- like, I need to figure out in my head, is this written kayfabe? Is this written as them? 
like, because stuff does get silly online, doesn't it? Like with the back and forth of comments and, th- and things like that and stuff thrown at the poster themselves, like, and that's a problem in itself. I think people need to kind of just take it in a little bit first rather than just going straight in and being like, what are you doing? <laughs> Is there anyone who you think's really good at towing the line? Like, I think of Becky Lynch as being quite good between character and tweeting. Like, she seems to be able to get off all her feuds, but still remaining like it could just be her at home with the phone, which it obviously yeah. is. Yeah. Um, her, um, Kofi, um, um, Eddie Kingston. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw his promo after Dynamite. I didn't, no. It caused an awful lot of stir. Basically, he called out WWE after the cameras went off, but obviously people were still filming on um, uh, in the crowd, so it's gone a bit viral. And people are saying, like, how is this any different to the sort of shit that Seth tweets? Yeah. That uh, sort of thing. Um, There's someone who's not good at it. <laughs> yeah. In the same household as Becky. Just, just learn from Becky. <laughs> yeah. Um, someone who I found really quite interesting, and I listened to his podcast. I can't remember. He did a podcast with someone, but I can't remember who it was, but Curtis Chapman, where he, yeah. he fully embraced the, the troll character, right? Yeah. To the point where he didn't give a shit who, who he was doing it to. Like the, like the purpose of the tweet was to get a reaction and then tweet out saying, you've been gotten to. <laughs> that was it. Like, yeah. And it wasn't personal. It wasn't like trying to be anything more than that. Like that, like that was his character. He was being his character and it caused him all sorts of problems. I, I think it was, wasn't it like the Jordan Grace thing? I think he tweeted Jordan Grace and then t- Jordan Grace said something along the lines of, my, I, 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 I'm having a bad mental health day, just ease off. And then he kept on in the DMs and then Jonathan Gresham came at him and then he yeah. went. <laughs> like, yeah. I think it, again, like, it's just knowing like there, there's some absolute gold. I guess it's just knowing when you should just pump the brakes. <laughs> yeah. But like he was saying that like, there was no way that that, that was going to happen. He was saying like, I'm like, as my character on my Twitter, I'm all in. Like, and I'm not tweeting as whatever his real name is. He's tweeting as yeah. the keyboard warrior. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's tough to know. I suppose it's like at some actors, right? Even if you talk about method acting, I guess is the closest example. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, if you're going to commit to it, I guess, commit to it. Um, I, yeah, it's an interesting line because I'm with you on the, it shouldn't annoy me, but now and again, one little yeah. thing will. A little thing. Yeah. Um, who, yeah, I mean, yeah. who in your kind of um, sphere that you follow do you think does a good job of it? Malcolm Bivens is another obvious one, right? Yeah. I think he, he, he's like tweets as if it's him, but also it's like relatable content and content that isn't just wrestling, but it still feels like this crossover character yeah, yeah. between his, himself and, and real. I mean, you're, you're way more in the sphere, Ross. I mean, does anyone, any other names you want to throw out there that are, have not annoyed you with the way they've uh, blurred the lines. Um, is Chuck Taylor? I mean, he's just there for the banner, isn't he? Miro's quite good. Yeah. I don't know if, if you saw the one where Andrade's said that he wants a title shot and he said, it sounds like getting unearned title shots runs 
runs through your, our family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a zinger. That was quite good. Um, but yeah, I think wrestlers' social accounts are really quite interesting, aren't they? Because they're so important for garnering your, um, your kind of community of fans. Yeah, for sure. But it's so easy to get it wrong, isn't it? Like, well, it's just that's what it's kind of. I'm working the question out as I'm going along. It's kind of, kind of like how far can you go? Like, because obviously you can go for two different approaches as well. Like, like some wrestlers will go for the half character, half real, and some will just be like, you know, they, they, it's a business as well. Like, I know we've like people like Mandy Rose and Lana. Like, they're pretty much out of character for at least ninety percent of what they're doing. Yeah, with their WWE name as their Twitter handle. Yeah, yeah, true. And then you've got other people that are like gold to tweet kind of like a lot of Christian stuff and then we'll be like, get one little bad thing said and then they'll be like, re- they'll quote tweet it and be like, whatever asshole, blocked. Yeah. That's, and that just rubs me up a little bit the wrong way. But it must be annoying to get that sort of stuff every day. So I don't suffer that. So Has wrestling should be fun had any famous blockings? We've had a few blockings. We got blocked by um, Meng's mullet the other day. <laughs> because they posted a gif of Mr. Fuji doing a, like, um, what's the word of the headbutt that um, Honma does? Oh, yeah. God, what is that called? You know what I mean, though, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's quite funny. So I, so I got that gif. And I put a different caption on it, one that wasn't just Mr. Fuji does does the headbutt. <laughs> and I think RevPro Rob unknowingly tweeted Meng's mullet being like, this is really funny. And, uh. then, and, then, and then Meng's mullet were like, you stole that gif of me, which I did because I wouldn't have seen it if it wasn't for them, but it's not his gif. Yeah. Like, I don't get that personally. Like, if, if if I post something that's not like it's rare that I post something that's ours because I because I don't run the Instagram and that's where we do the like stuff from the shows. So when we do stuff from ourselves, it's like pictures of us at shows or pictures of us outside that Camden bar with the WrestleMania effigy or something. So like like nothing of it's really mine. So I can't be annoyed <laughs> like if someone sees our tweet thinks it's funny and changes the changes the caption yeah like it's not mine <laughs> like, <laughs> no there's definitely space for that i agree i don't really so, so that's the most famous blocking is uh, Ming's, Ming's mullet as a yeah I, um yeah i think that's the only one that i want to talk about there's a slightly awkward one all right yeah fair enough <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, good question. And I still don't really know the answer. <laughs> no, I don't really know what the question was in the end, but I just wanted to talk about it. Talk about kayfabe and the internet, really. <laughs> yeah, where the lines are. I think we got there in the end. We got some sort of a, a yeah. discussion out of it. Becky good, Seth bad. Done. Yeah. <laughs> next. <laughs> um, so talking of next, we've got um, my round table, which is pretty blanket which is just wrestling merchandise 
Um, so I went home for the first time in about a year, about two or three weeks ago. And I went up into my loft and found just a treasure trove of wrestling goodies from my youth, which included sticker albums from 92 and 93, um, a WCW trading card game, which was a bit like Dungeons and Dragons, which was far too com- complicated to play. So I just bought them and just looked at the cards. <laughs> um, wrestling figures, which were a big part of my youth. I used to absolutely love doing like Royal Rumbles and doing the draws and going onto my cassette tapes and getting the themed songs for each entrance. <laughs> um, we also had wrestling buddies. I don't know if, 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 if you had those, Matt. Um, no, I don't think. I, were they, what were they like? Stretch Armstrong looking things? Or, uh, they, like, were, they were bigger than that. They were almost oh. like, they were, they were like teddy bears that you could wrestle with, but they were kind of like, I don't know, maybe two feet big. And it was like, I had Hogan and Warrior and just used to like wrestle them on my parents' bed until <laughs> like, that's making far too much noise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, then of course there was computer games. Start, like, when, like, what do you remember as your first wrestling game? Oh, um, hmm. um, was it that, I think it was that Royal Rumble one. I didn't really have a console, any wrestling games on my console. Okay. I remember playing, was it Royal Rumble or maybe Nintendo, something like that. Um, I definitely played them all, like No Mercy, the ECW yeah. game, Attitudes. Definitely played them all around that time. I can't remember what came first, but I'm going to guess it was that Royal Rumble one. Did you have a favourite? A favourite game? Yeah. I used to love the WCW game. Was it, what was the one that was actually playable? The, the, uh, the one that was um, WCW. Not Bar- Backyard. Brawl or whatever it was called. That was, was woeful. There was Nitro. There was Thunder. Uh, I'm guessing it was Nitro. Mayhem? Was Mayhem a game? Yeah, that, I think that was on N64 and it was really, really good. Maybe it was that one. Maybe it was that one. Uh, but yeah, then the SmackDown games came along and were just really bloody good for the time, weren't they? So. Are you excited for the, A, for the AEW one? Yeah, well, just... I get excited by the boring things like who gets omitted from the roster. Yeah, like, yeah. I just want—I want everyone to be on it. So it's going to be interesting to see if the whole dark order make it on the game and things like that. So I like also that um, stuff. if they're going to pay for um, music rights on the game. I guess. Yeah, I wonder. I don't know how the contracts work. Whether yeah, they're covered for the games as much as, or they've got like a backup they'll use just for the games for the licensed ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, talking of games, I used to um, spend like all of my pocket money, weekly pocket money, pretty much playing WrestleFest at the arcade. Oh, right, yeah. I don't know if you've ever played that game. Um, it was like an arcade game where you did like a tournament and then a battle royal at the end, and it was like 10 characters. You could be Mr. Perfect, Earthquake, Demolition, Warrior, Hogan, all the classics. Um, absolutely loved it. And they've actually um, re-released it with modern wrestlers this oh, cool. um which has got like bwo nick aldis <laughs> like mad some like mad ones on there which which is pretty cool and then there was just my massive amounts of vhs's up up, up in the loft c- c- collecting dust um from early wcw to um all the way through to ones that i taped off Sky from like Bravo with like ECW, Hardcore TV, 
in like 99. Oh, nice. Um, obviously, you don't have a VHS player anymore, but it was just fun to. <laughs> to what are you gonna do? Yeah, what are you gonna do with everything? Is there anything that you've like? Oh God, get some use out of this or whatever. Yeah, so I think I think I'm gonna pass it down a fair amount to, to, to the two nephews because they're still at an age where they would be super excited by those sorts of things. Yeah, the like the VHSs. I think I'm probably gonna have to go at some point to like a music magpie type vibe. Yeah. And pick up like forty pounds for stuff that I spent four thousand pounds on. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was also um, Velcro belts that, that, like, me and my brother had, like, the cheap, like, like they're made of foam. Yeah. Intercontinental title from like '92. They looked pretty cool, but like, I was five at the time, and I was going to say, like, wrestling belts in general, merchandise-wise. Here's here's how I see it, right? If you're a kid, you can have as many belts as you want. If you're an adult, having one like on your wall, mounted or something, that's okay in my opinion. I think that's quite cool. But wearing it to a wrestling event, <laughs> that's you're in cosplay. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can agree with you. I can agree with you on that. There's um, a Facebook group called the European Home of Wrestling Belts. Okay. And the guy who, and the guy who runs it is from Boreham Woods. Okay. And uh, so he's like the biggest uh, belt collector, I think, in Europe. Oh, cool. And he, and he lives in my town. Um, and I remember once watching the Rumble at Boreham Wood Football Club that he'd organised and put together and speaking to some wrestling fans. And one of the first questions was, so which belts do you own? <laughs> and it's none <laughs> weirdly well I haven't won any actually <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and what one would you want like if you did buy one what would you want which one would you go for then I I would want the European title just because I like the look of it nice yeah it's not it's not you know it's not screaming prestige but it looks nice it does look nice and the fact that it doesn't scream prestige it's probably a better thing for you as well like you're not claiming to be you know yeah. Or <laughs> yeah. What would you go for, Ross? If you had, if you won a competition, you could have uh, anyone. Um. Well, I quite like the like like the way that some people have got them in there, where like they're in that like perspex box type type vibe. And like uh, like like a thing like that needs like something that's that's warranted. So it's got to be for me the IWGP. Oh. The, the uh, yeah, I was going to say not the the new one. <laughs> But yeah, it, it would be like a it, it would be like a, a like showpiece in the home. It wouldn't be like a I wouldn't wear it around. You wouldn't wear it to the next progress chapter, whenever that is, no. <laughs> Not unless I was putting it on the line. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what someone said once. It was like, if wrestling fans want to bring them to shows, they've got to put them on the line. <laughs> that's the rules. Um, yeah. yeah, I've never quite got the belt obsession, especially the prices are insane. Yeah, true. Um, but no, I'm a very, I'm, I, I've probably got some wrestling figures in the loft here and stuff. Um, I used to collect wrestling figures with John, so we didn't have doubles. Have that. We'd do our, uh, our promotion together. So would you um, share them and be like, okay, I'm going to have Steve Austin this week? Well, I've uh, been, John had more figures, so he kind of called, like, he was raw okay. and I was Smackdown. Yeah. Um, so he would be like, he would have the pick really. So the really good Triple H figure was his champion for like two years. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, uh, so I've still got some of them around. Um, in terms of like other stuff, I've got my 
knitted rikishi that I've shown you before. Yeah, that's great. Still on show here uh, that my nan knitted. Uh, it doesn't count as resting merch, but I'm still going to bring it up as uh, in the sphere. And then, um, yeah, I just, I just t-shirts now, really, or something that maybe will make me laugh. Yeah, I'm like, a big uh, fan of um, Simon's t-shirt that says the Ramones, and it looks like the Ramones band t-shirt, but when you look closer, it's all they're all razors. Oh right, yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> My mate Rich was sat, was sat next to him for like an hour, and then about an hour later, was like, "Holy shit, I've just realised <laughs> that's not a Ramones t-shirt." <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that's pretty great. Do you um, still you still buy a lot of t-shirts? I think you ask. You probably you probably buy more than most. I'd say the group maybe. I I've had to throw a few away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is a shame. Um, you got the, that cool GYV one still, right? I like that one. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, they were the, um, talk, uh, talking of kayfabe. They were great actually in terms of um, staying in kayfabe. Like, yeah, <laughs> just, like I was like, can I have a picture with you as well? And they were like, only only if you put the shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Is that okay? <laughs> um, I was going to say as well about um, oh about James. Yeah, James won our Nerd Pickums competition, and that was in the era when there was a rule in place that you had to spend your half of, half of, of your winnings, which was around two hundred pounds, half half of your winnings on wrestling merch and. <laughs> Because we're we're absolutely obsessed with games and drinking games, um, <laughs> we were at, we were at unboxing when he won, and he said that he's going to buy merch of the person who comes out ninth or something like that. And obviously, we had no idea who it was going to be because it was unboxing and no one was announced. And we were expecting him to you know get Skrull or one of the big boys, <laughs> and then out came Drew Parker. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard this story before. It's great. James went on his Twitter and couldn't find a shop, <laughs> and then um, tweet like DM'd him asking for like merch, and he basically was like, "I haven't got any merch up, but I'm selling the jeans that I wore at the show where where I had a, a death match against Havoc, I think it was." Yeah. And uh, yeah, so James bought. Drew Parker's bloody jeans for <laughs> roughly ninety pounds, <laughs> which remain one of the weirdest purchases in WSBF history. But James has lost so much weight now that he could probably fit into them <laughs> if he wants to. <laughs> I mean, that is a str- you're not getting anything out of that purchase, are you? You can't even really wear them, though. <laughs> which is why I love it so much, to be honest. <laughs> ninety quid. <laughs> Shout out to you, James. You're an absolute hero. Indeed. <laughs> so that's um, memorabilia ending on the best memorabilia of all time. <laughs> <laughs> so, book a bingo time. B I N G O and bingo was his name. Oh. This is book a bingo. Uh, 
this is going to be slightly different. Uh, me and Matt are going to attack this as a two-man power trip, like was taken over WCW in '99. Well, I'll be Easy E, and you can be Vince. Okay. <laughs> You're better at accents. <laughs> um, let me quickly put up the bingo. I did it earlier, um, but it's not live, so I, so I won't count it. And it was uh, and it was Austin Theory versus Candy Floss. No. Which which could have been difficult. Yeah. Um, okay. Are you ready? Question marks. Book a bingo. Oh, <laughs> James Storm mm-hmm. versus Afa Valkyrie. <laughs> Oh my god, I don't even really know who Ava Valkyrie is. Is she NXT UK? Yeah. Oh, Ross, you might have to hold my hand on this one. I know who James Storm is, obviously, but... Okay, so... What have we got to go with, with Valkyrie? Like, what, what's the character? So, she currently has these, like, wings, <laughs> and, and she'll drop a wing to, like, indicate that, like, you're next. Right. Don't really know why, but it's, but it's what she does. But I'm thinking, we've got James Storm here, right? Yeah. I think it's got to be a sorry about your damn luck storyline. And A for Valkyrie's got to be on a downtrodden run. Yeah. I think... Okay. I think she's... She's come into NXT UK and she's had a great run. But then she got to the final boss, Michael Satamora, and she came undone. And since then, she's gone around with her wings, started to lose her way a little bit in a similar way to um, um, our man Kazuchika with his red balloon. Yeah. It's not quite working out for him. Everyone knows that the red balloon is not going to catch on and people don't know that, that the wing's not going to catch on, but she keeps on, <laughs> but she keeps on trying. She keeps on putting them putting these wings down into people's dressing rooms and challenging them to matches and they're losing. So I think James Storm needs to be kind of the kind of guy that's drunk enough and brave enough, run brave enough to, to tell her like, Afa. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he, he edges her away from the wings and onto the beers, right? Right. Okay. Because yeah. then he can revive the beer championship from TNA. What was that thing called that he had? once i can't remember but i know exactly what you mean and there was like a ladder match for it wasn't there yes and there was only ever two champions let me uh <laughs> try and find out the name of it this is great podcast content me searching for it so maybe that's the yeah the tna world drink beer drinking championship yeah so basically so, he's so, so basically he's offering her the chance <laughs> to become a champion yeah and at first maybe she shrugs it off she's like it's no but over time she starts to realize that the grappling's not working out for her <laughs> no. so can you imagine how fun it would be on nxt uk <laughs> to see valkyrie have drinking contests against the roster <laughs> for her championship what i quite like about it as well though is that it's an irishman uh, uh, sorry an irish woman yes drinking and james storm uh, he hasn't really fought it through has he no no. <laughs> and especially because James Storm drinks watered down US beer, right? <laughs> like what, 3%, 4%? Yeah. He's coming over to our country, not realizing that, you know, 
we're drinking Cronenberg's here. Yeah, I think that's how it starts. There, that's where the division starts. Like she's smashing it. She's found her niche. She's killing broads in these drinking contests. And now they're starting to take. She's starting to take the mick out of James. She's like, "Oh, you're right there with your cause. Yeah, you want to, you want to chill. You want to, you want me to drink that one for you?" And he's getting rattled at that. And yeah. he, so he wants his championship back now. But the rules are rules. She's gained lawful possession of it. That's brilliant. And also, I've just figured out that. We're going to end this feud with a ladder match for the championship, right? Yeah. And you know, like the end of um, The Wrestler with Randy the Ram, where he jumps off the turf? Yeah. I think it's the return of the wings. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's come full circle. And somehow... She's too drunk, so she looks like she's going to stumble <laughs> off the ladder. But the wings do save her. Somehow we need to figure out a way that we can... Make it look like a, a for Valkyrie's flying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we've just got to do the A, don't just blackout, and then fix the things on. And then she's flying round. Gets, like Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> gets the championship. Gets on the mic. Jane Storm, sorry about your damn luck. MC. <laughs> <laughs> and then A for Valkyrie's back on track. Yeah, and she's got way more personality because we've seen her on the sesh for two months. <laughs> and we saw her flying. James <laughs> Storm isn't really getting much out of this. James he's Storm. come in, he's given his belt away, and then he's lost. James Storm is that guy um, who is the big man in the territories. He's come around and he's, and he's, passed, and he's passed that mantle. It's fantastic work for yeah. him. Yeah. Maybe he does the classic WWE thing of winning drinking contests, but he's against children. So he's winning them because he can win, you know, building himself up in the build-up. People like a kid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Never had a beer in his life. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I actually want NXT UK, both divisions, to bring that belt back. I bet some of those beefy boys on NXT UK can put them away. Yeah, that would probably be a... Longer show than the actual show itself. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Booker Bingo. I hope you enjoyed uh, me and Matt tandeming the, the feud between James Storm and Afa Valkyrie. I did. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure next week we'll be back to um, full health of WSBF members. Uh, shout out to everyone that's listening and we'll see you very soon. See you. All right, there we have it, the two-man power trip, Ross and Big Laddie Cool. Hey, absolutely fantastic stuff, fellas. One little thing from me I just wanted to say, I thought it was important to say, uh, Ross told the story about James using his Pickham's winnings to buy Drew Parker's jeans. What they didn't mention was that Drew Parker sold those jeans for £90 completely for charity. 100% of the money went to charity, um, and it just goes to show what a class act Drew Parker is. As are you if you are listening to this. Thanks to Ross, thanks to Matt, and thank you most of all to you, dear listener. We'll see you next week. Until then, though, drink lots of water. Look after your mates.